up everyone, this is Don Suave. First and foremost, I'd appreciate everyone for viewing my video. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, and also comment. Also hit that notification button below as well. Alright, let's get on with the show. I'm so disrespectful. So, so, so disrespectful. I'm so disrespectful. So, so, so disrespectful. When he was a baby, he fought it for the first time. Scientists say this is when the big bang occurred. Here is Don Suave. Yo, yo, what's good, everybody? This is Don Suave back with another one for y'all. So make sure to like, share, subscribe to the YouTube channel, Broadcast of the Seven Cities, and make sure to also subscribe to the podcast. So disrespectful radio show. We're on a road to a hundred subscribers and we're on a road to blow up the podcast as well to give not only myself opportunities, but also to give fans opportunity as well as you have seen before on my show. Now, before we start, there's a quote from my listeners as well. Now this right here, you know, I before when I did my inspirational quotes, I chose you know, either a celebrity or, you know, certain type of people in life. But this one right here is one that's definitely dear to my heart. It's definitely personal for me. And I'm saying this quote to not only let you know that if he could do it for me, he could do it for you. So this is coming from Matthew 19, 26 out of the Bible in the States, which is one of the most famous scriptures that a lot of people know. Jesus looked at him and said, with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Do I need to explain that? Whatever you do, keep God with you. I always say this, three words I'd use for my business, for anything in life I like to try to go hard for. Faith, consistency, and hard work. And faith definitely comes from the Father who provides, the Heavenly Father. So now we right now go go ahead with the show. You know, week 11 just, just finished up. So we're going to do a recap of week 11. We're going to talk about some things that's happening right in the NFL. And then later on, we're going to talk more about the NFL, which is the week 12. Update on the Thanksgiving Day games. Give a picks. And go on with the show. So... I'm not going to start y'all anymore. So let's go ahead and start it. We're going to start with week 11, and we're going to start right about now. So Thursday, on November 17th, we had the Tennessee Titans taking on the Green Bay Packers. Tennessee wins that game 27-17. On Sunday, we had a lot of good games on Sunday, actually. A lot of games that came down to a few points. I mean, it, it, it's getting a little serious now. So let's start. The Chicago Bears took on the Atlanta Falcons, and the Falcons won that 27-24. Next, we had the Buffalo Bills taking on the Cleveland Browns. Buffalo wins 31-23. Remember I said before about these games? Philadelphia took on Indianapolis Colts, and Philly won by one point, 17-16. In a sneak and literally a sleeper game, the New England Patriots took on the Jets, and the Patriots won 10-3. Literally, it came down to special teams that won the game. Because the whole entire time was 3-3 until that part happened at the end of the fourth. Next was the New Orleans Saints taking on the Los Angeles Rams. The Saints won that game 27-10. And again, a lot of us didn't nowhere near pick the win. The Detroit Lions played against the Giants. Detroit won 31-18. Baltimore took on the Carolina Panthers, and Baltimore won that 13-3. Next is the Commanders taking on the Texans, and we're going to talk more about that game later on as well. But right now, the Commanders won that game 23-10. Next, in overtime, the Las Vegas Raiders took on the Broncos, and the Raiders won that game 22-16. And possibly the most beat-downless game 
this whole entire season that literally I think almost no one saw coming. The Dallas Cowboys beat the Minnesota Vikings. And this is not Madden, y'all. This is real life. They beat them 40 to 3. Whoo! Yeah, that plane ride, all that jewelry was probably dang, dang you know, Judy Kirk Cousins in that game. Next, we had the Cincinnati Bengals taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Bengals won that game 37 to 30. And on Sunday night, they kicked another great game. Kansas City Chiefs took on the Los Angeles Chargers. And the Chiefs won 30 to 27. And on Monday night, the San Francisco 49ers took on the Arizona Cardinals. And this game is showing why the 49ers could possibly be Super Bowl contenders. They beat the Cardinals 38 to 10. And that wraps up week 11. So remember I said again about the NFL shakeup? You know, I just want to put this out. I understand in football that it's a job performance career. And I know there are certain positions that are important. But top dog importance is the quarterback position. <clears throat> Excuse me. This is being proven big time in Carolina. The Panthers just announced that this Sunday against the Broncos that Sam Darnold will start against them. <sighs> Boy, this is a revolving door with this team. And that this position is a recipe for danger. Now, the announcement was made by interim coach Steve Wills because Baker Mayfield, who was the starter, couldn't do basically nothing against the Baltimore Ravens. And extra icing on the cake was Baker was throwing two interceptions as well. I mean, he would just literally say, here you go. Don't worry about it. Here you go. Don't worry about it. But you know the crazy part about this is that technically, Sam's getting okay because the original Third quarterback, P.J. Walker, will not be ready due to a high ankle sprain. You know you got to be some type of bad if the third quarterback on a death chart will be starting if he wasn't hurt. While you had two quarterbacks fighting for the start position when the season even started. That's terrible. That's garbage. It's garbage. It's horrible. See, Baker won the job in training camp. But listen to this. Listen to this. Get your ears. Let me your ears. Baker sucked against the Ravens. Point blank, period. PJ Walker was two and three before his injury against the Atlanta Falcons. And Sam Dunn was four and seven last season with a total QBR of, listen to this. 38.6, which only ranked above Zach Wilson and Justin Fields. So that basically tells you that if anybody needs a quarterback now on one, it's the Carolina Panthers. And I'm going to say this until it gets extremely too old. There's still a quarterback that even though has a play for some years, still can get a look at. I'm just saying. Ain't gonna say the names, but let's know his name rhymes with Ballin' Bappernick. There you go. Now, the next story we have to talk about is the Hall of Fame, which is a crying shame in the words of Mr. 3000 Bernie Mac. So, the list of the 28 modern day semifinalists for the Pro Football Hall of Fame's class of 2023 they came out. And for the first time, there's a good number of first-timers. So, some of the names are Darrell Revis, which, you know, back in the day we used to call Revis Allen because of how his play was. You got Jari Evans, Joe Thomas, Dwight Freely, and Debo. I'm Debo. Who? Debo. James Harrison. And finally, for the commanders are Henry Ellert, and London Fletcher. There are still some players who are still on the roster of getting in. Tory Holt for the ninth time. Hiles Ward and Darren Wilson for the seventh time. Ron A. Barber for the sixth time. Zach Thomas for the fifth time. And lastly, 
James Willis and Reggie Wayne for the fourth time. I was going to explain that for them that, 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 that may not know what that means. <coughs> Excuse me. That simply means these guys has been eligible and they haven't gotten in the first time or the second time or the third time, fourth time, fifth time, sixth time, seventh time, eighth time, ninth time. <clears throat> and usually when that happens, there's certain NFL players will be like, well, forget it. I ain't going in. But then there are certain players that they have to wait. And it works out for them, i.e., Chris Carter. Now, those names I just read earlier, there are some heavy hitters, along with these rest of these names that was actually here to, to finish it up. Eric Allen, Cowboy Jared Allen, Willie Anson, Anquan Bowden, Rodney Harrison, to me the greatest special teams player returner of all time, Devin Hester, the most low-key receiver that put up numbers but didn't really say anything a lot, Andre Johnson, Robert Mathis, Steve Smith Sr., Fred Taylor, Demarcus Ware, and uh, this name, I haven't heard this name since the 90s. Ricky Waters. Wow. Y'all should go look at that time he tried to do that rap song. But we, we ain't going to talk about that. And then we got Vince Warford. Now, lastly, there's a coaching category. And who also was announced? Don Air Coriel. Yeah, I know he may not have won a championship, but I ain't going to lie. That is a real tough t- a nickname. And if y'all want to know what, it, what what they call Air Coriel, let's just say when he was the coach of the Chargers, or he had Dan Faust, Keller Winslow. I mean, they were flinging that rock everywhere. Basically, what they were doing is what a lot of teams are doing now. If you notice, a lot of teams are geared to the passing game. Back then, it was more of a running game. And in their pass, they will pass, but, you know, a lot of times back then, receivers got beat up a lot at the line of scrimmage. It was like when they got open or if they can get open, oh, they got they got beat up. That's why a lot of times, that's why now it's called the male block rule because you can't touch receivers and they try to do all these rules to protect the receivers. And anywho, that man was ahead of his time. Now, my opinion on the Hall of Fame and the requirements to get it are, I just feel like they're just all around. When a critic and former player said they'll let anybody get in, they're not lying. Look, Looking at the list, you're sort of thinking, how in the world that guy's not in the Hall of Fame? But then there's some that's in the Hall of Fame, you also ask a question, how in the world is that guy in the Hall of Fame? I don't know. But what do you think? Is the NFL Hall of Fame valid or not? And when we come from break, we're going to do a Week 12 recap of the Thanksgiving Day games, and we're also going to do the picks for the rest of the games. You're listening to the So Disrespectful Radio Show. You have dreams. No matter how big or how small, Dort Financial Credit Union is here to help. Whether it's a new car, a new home, planning for retirement, or building a better community, we turn your dreams into reality. After he was born, he drove his mother home from the hospital. Here is Don Suave. Yo, yo. Welcome, everybody, to the show. So, like I said before the break, we're going to discuss... The games is having on Thanksgiving Day, which before I do, I hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving. Hope everybody was safe. Hope everybody, you know, did, did what you wanted to do, basically, which was eat, eat, and eat. Also have drinks, but most importantly, be with the ones you love, your family, or whoever, your friends, or whatever. Just be thankful for another day in the land of the living. Because as you're seeing right now, there's definitely, definitely no promise for tomorrow. That's why it's called a mystery. And every day is a gift. 
That's why it's called a present. Live this gift. Be in the present. And take every day. Definitely be grateful for every day. So on Thursday, we had three games on for football. We had the Bills versus the Lions. We had the Cowboys versus the Giants. And then we had the Vikings versus the Patriots. And I would say um, Thursday really didn't disappoint at all. Every game was pretty good. So for starters, we'll do a recap. Buffalo took on the Detroit Lions and literally came down to a field goal. The Buffalo Bills beat the Detroit Lions 28-25. Then we had the Giants versus the Cowboys. Now, even though the score is 28-20, this game was Cowboys Day all day. I hate to say that because, well, you'll find out why. But they ran them boys. And don't get me wrong, I, I know, I know, I know. Giants had a lot of injured players. But we already know NFL can get ruthless. Critics can get ruthless. They'll be like, no. That's why you have backup players. They need to be coached just in case they have to take they have to step up. But let's be real. And this is my show. I'm gonna say it like this. Yeah, we got yeah, you got backups. Yeah, you got bench players. But there's a reason why some players that are starting are called stars. And some of them cannot be easily replaced. I don't care how much you think, because you may got this person in the backfield that it could easily be replaced. No. No. Sometimes that it factor cannot be replaced. So on to the next game, which is the later game, which is the Minnesota Vikings took on the New England Patriots. And the Vikings won that game 33-26. to now, since we were going ahead and got that out of the way, I'll go ahead and do my NFL picks. So, we're going to start with the Buccaneers and the Browns. I have the Bucks winning that game. Titans and the Bengals. Titans win. Dolphins and the Texans. Do I even have to answer that question? For the sake, for the sake of the, the podcast, Dolphins. Jets against the Bears. That's going to be a pretty good game. But I rolled rolled with the Jets. Commanders and the Falcons. Now, this game is going to be important. Very important for both teams. Because this is implication of playoffs. Right now, the team that's holding the 7th spot is the Seattle Seahawks. 6-4. Okay. Washington is 6-5. The Falcons are 5-6. So... Even though both is important, of course, by looking at that standard, this is a more important game for the Commanders. Because if the Commanders win, they'll be 75, they'll move ahead of Seattle. But of course, if Seattle wins, they'll be 74, which bumps them ahead of Commanders. Just because, you know, we already know Seattle didn't take a, uh, Commanders didn't take a bye week yet. So, air to even out. But if the Falcons win, the Commanders would be six and six. The Falcons would be six and six. So if it ever came down to, to who would get in between the Commanders and the Falcons, and they both get the same record, Falcons would get in because they beat them. So this is a very important game. As for who wins, I'm going with the Commanders. Next, the Broncos and the Panthers. Sorry, both of these teams suck, but I think the Panthers suck even worse. Especially starting Sam Darnold. <laughs> okay. So I'm going with the Broncos in that one. Ravens and the Jags. Ravens. I ain't got to explain that. Seahawks and the Raiders. <laughs> I mean, I know you just think Seahawks are going to win this easily. But the Raiders, they, 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 they just won. And overtime against the Broncos. So who knows? But my mind's telling me Seahawks. Someone's gonna roll with that. Chiefs and the Rams. I think the Chiefs is too much of a power team for the Rams, so I'm just going with the Chiefs. 
49ers and the Saints. I got told you before, I think 49ers could be a Super Bowl team. They got too many weapons on offense. The defense is still there. So I just do too much for the Saints. Eagles and the Packers. <laughs> you know what's funny about this game, y'all? Is the fact that Washington beat Green Bay. Dallas lost to Green Bay. Now Philly got a player. Hey, I know what you're thinking like it's Philadelphia. I mean, they're nine and one. It's eight. Philly almost lost to the Colts, literally. And let's be real, Aaron Rodgers is a way better quarterback than Matt Ryan. But even so, I still got the Eagles winning that game. And to round it off, Colts and the Steelers. <laughs> I'm sorry, maybe, maybe just the you just. Blind love or blind appreciation, or whatever you want to call it. I don't know. And let me not see the full story. I'm riding with uh, Jeff Saturday. I don't know why. I guess he's just that player coach and he's that motivation, but he's also telling like it is like he ain't trying to be more than we say he is, do more than we say he do. I mean, he tell you what it is and just keep it moving. And he is a motivator. So just for that, you know, I'm going with the coach to beat the Steelers. Now, coming up after the break, we're going to go to the other league, the League of Basketball. And we're going to spend a good number on possibly something that we may never witness again for a long time. Come back and see what I'm talking about. You're listening to the So Disrespectful Radio Show. was alive until he swam there. Here is Don Suave. Welcome back to the show, everyone. This is Don Suave. So now we're going to look into the NBA. And we're going to just do a little bit of a recap of the games. Recap of the standings so far. And we're going to do a full in-depth look into a but we all are witnessing right now. History being made in front of our eyes. So, today, we're going to start with Saturday. We had the Toronto Raptors take on the Dallas Mavericks. The Raptors won that game 105-100. to The Rockets took on the Oklahoma City Thunder. And they won 118-105. to The Los Angeles Lakers takes on the San Antonio Spurs. And with defense as non-existent as, as, as all... The Lakers won that game 143 to 138, with LeBron having another double double with 39 points and 11 rebounds. The next game is the Utah Jazz versus the Phoenix Suns, and by one point, the Suns beat the Jazz 113 to 112. And literally, the player of that game was DeAndre Ayton. That man had 29 points and 21 rebounds. Let's not mention back to that Houston game. They're, that player of the game, even though SGA had 32 points, that center for Houston had 21 points, 19 rebounds, and 7 assists. So, as of right now, updated schedule, the standings. We got the top eight teams, and it's, it's starting to get less separation now a little bit. In the East, we got the Celtics, Bucks, Cavs, Pacers, Hawks, and in a three-way tie, Sixers, Raptors, Wizards. You know the funny thing about that is, the Washington Wizards, is the fact that they don't have Bradley Beal, who's the star, and right now, they're still playing good, 10-9. And And right under the who's fighting for position, you have the Knicks, the Nets, and the Heat. This, this is about, you know, if everything keeps going according to plan, it's going to be a very interesting lead into the uh, All-Star break and then lead into who makes the playoffs. Now, as we go to the West, this is 
Interesting. Because for a while now, the Utah Jazz have been number one. Now, they're number eight. Wow. I know. And some another team is creeping right back up, too. So, the number one team with the West, the Suns. Number two, the Nuggets. <laughs> and listen to this. The third, the fourth, and the fifth all tied for the same record. The Pelicans, the Grizzlies, and the Blazers. Sixteen. The number sixteen in the playoff rank for the for West is the Sacramento Kings. You know how to talk to my brother about that, and this ain't this this ain't the Kings of the Chris Webber day. This is the Sacramento Kings of DeAndre Fox day. <laughs> hey, I know season's still early, not even December yet, it's not All Star break yet. Hey, but Kings are winning. <laughs> the Sacramento Kings are winning, so hey, it is what it is. Yeah, like I said, number seven is the Clippers, and number eight is the Jazz. And who, what team is creeping up? The Timberwolves are ten and nine, and right below them is that team that just gets on your nerves at times. They're fun to watch, but they get on your nerves at times. And that's the Golden State Warriors. Their record is ten and ten. And then you have the Mavericks, the Thunder, the Lakers, the Spurs, and the Rockets. So that right there is your updated standings and your updated scores. Now, remember when I said that we are possibly witnessing something that no one thought would ever be done? We are literally watching it, paying close attention. Listen to this. Walter Johnson throws for 110 career shutouts. As a baseball player. Cy Young's 511 wins. Jerry Rice career receiving yards. Michael Phelps 14 gold medals. And counting. Will Chamberlain's 100 point game. You know why I read those? Those are just a few records that fans and other analysts believe that would never be broken. Another record that was thought to be untouchable because what a player would have to achieve would take a dominance of decades, which was the all-time score for the NBA, which was held by Kareem Abdul-Jabbar with 38,387. Kareem played for 20 years with the Milwaukee Bucks and the Los Angeles Lakers and had, without question, a stamp, no doubt about it, the most unstoppable move in NBA history, the Skyhook. Now, I say it now. That record, which seems somewhat impossible to break, is in danger possibly this year, but definitely next year, bar injury. But who knows? But the kid from Akron, King LeBron James. Right now, LeBron has 37,311 which by calculations is 1,076 points away from tying the record. With 66 games left in the NBA, it could be by next year, bar injury again, that he could pass that record, which would be crazy because he is averaging 24.9 points per game. But he's also averaging this season 8.8 rebounds per game and 7 assists per game. Honestly, I believe this is his main concern. Because at this point, there's no way the Lakers are making the playoffs, let alone sniffing anything that has the word finals hooked to it. But personally, this is just me. And yeah, you call me biased, but I always think Michael Jordan is the GOAT. And I can make a video explaining why, but I mean, come, let's be real. Let's give it a buck. There are endless amount of videos on YouTube about the GOAT debate, and frankly, I don't need to speak on that. So besides that, you must appreciate exactly what we could be witnessing on this grand stage. Basketball-wise, LeBron James is definitely one of the greatest players of all time. There's no question about it. One of the best, if not the best, drivers in a business. No question about it. He could make any team that he's on a championship team contender. He's won a championship on three different teams. 
His resume does speak for itself. But of course, that's the good. But he does have the bad, which gets brought out a lot. For example, the decision, which to me was one of the dumbest things ever. I'm sorry. That's just me. I don't need you going on ESPN, have an 8 o'clock slot, sit in front of a chair, talk to somebody. <sighs> Look, they ain't got to do a TV special. Just, you could at least came out and just, matter of fact, if you want to do a TV special, bad, just, just come out and do a press conference or do a video from your house or something like that. But that's just me. And also another thing that's on his resume, which is he's just a nickname of La Gio. Because the many times he requested players, they didn't work out. I mean, how many players could I go by that, that he requested that, did, that just did not work out? When he was the Cavs, he tried to bring Wade back. That didn't work out at all. Wade went to the Bulls. He tried to bring in Rondo. That didn't work out. He tried to bring out. I mean, do I have to go down this list of the players he tried to bring in that didn't work out? Even down to when I think it was Brandon Ingram went to go shoot a free throw. The audience was chanting, LeBron's going to trade you. <laughs> God, that's funny. <laughs> that was funny. But listen, all in all, Nobody's perfect. Every player has something on them. I love Michael Jordan. But remember when he was playing, he had that quote, Republicans buy sneakers thing, the sneakers too. <laughs> you see how that went? Yeah. And also the gambling stuff? Yeah. That's Jordan. Remember the Black Mamba, Kobe? He had a few things on him. And I'm not going to go into those. It's documented. I respect Kobe too much. I mean, I understand. No, I'm not going to do that. Then you had Magic Johnson. Remember he was in, in the 80s? They called the man Tragic Johnson because of that one year. And even wanted to be traded from the Lakers. Go look at the uh, the dynasty. Will Chamberlain, as dominant as he was, he's as having 100 points. As a man that was averaging ridiculous amount of uh, things for points, rebounds, assists, blocks. He couldn't beat Bill Russell, though. He could have all the stats, but if you ain't winning, the big one, he just compiling stats. So it is what it is. But what makes the Brown story remarkable, because even though he's six foot nine, basically a freight train size of an athlete, He's relatable. And this record is happening in a modern era where internet, social media, multiple sports outlets are prevalent. Listen to what Kevin Durant had to say on what he thinks about potentially the record being broken. You're number one in anything, almost 8 billion people in the world. This came, we just uh, figured that out last week. So to be the number one of all time and, and scoring the basketball, Sure, you know, it's gonna be a range of emotions for him. To be in the air where we see this live is pretty cool as well. So, um, you know, Kid Park can't even describe the emotions he felt as him and his family and his friends when we go through that. You know, it's cool to see them. Yeah. I can say that it is pretty cool to see because a lot of those records that many people believe won't be broken, I wasn't around for. And there wasn't any type of media coverage like it is today. So when it does happen, it would definitely be a flood of all the outlets. It will be talked about for ages. And this could possibly cement him in a GOAT conversations more than before. Look, you don't have to be a fan of LeBron. You don't have to like things he do. Okay, that's your opinion. But one thing you got to do is respect this man. I mean... You talk about a guy who, I mean, you would think this man trying to live squeaky clean throughout his ears. Literally. He hasn't been arrested. He hasn't been, you know, putting the papers for an addiction. He has, 
his record is literally almost blemished. And what makes it even more than when he opened a school for for kids. We was part, he took part of social justices. Well, he did a lot of this stuff and spoke on this stuff. Basketball wise, okay, I understand, but anything else, you gotta respect this man. He he literally uses platform, knowing he's the positive biggest star of the NBA, to bring awareness to a lot of stuff, to achieve a lot of goals. So. For me personally, I take my hat off to that man and I salute him. Even though I still don't believe Michael Jordan's the greatest of all time, that doesn't take away from that man's character. And LeBron, from being a uh, being from outside looking at being a good person, and then the, the fact that he's doing for his kids, being a great father, you can't take away from that man. You gotta respect this. Respect this grind. Respect that man. Anything less, you need to take a look in the mirror. Now, coming up to the break, it is the Washington Commander news. The take command. Stay tuned. You're listening to the So Disrespectful radio show. Hello, I'm Eco. Connect with our living planet with Eco Voyager, an all-new, fully immersive virtual reality experience. Reserve your visit at thelivingplanet.com. The dark is afraid of him. Here is Doshwave. Welcome back to the show, everyone. And this is the part where, again, is the Take Command News Center, a.k.a. this is for the Washington Commanders. Now, week 11 just happened, okay? Let me tell you something about one word that you may never heard or haven't heard from Washington in a long time. Dominance. That's right. A word that many fans have not heard or said when it comes to the Commanders. That was the Washington Commanders this past Sunday against the Houston Texans. Now, I know what you're thinking. Come on. It's the Houston Texans. I mean, that team is pure garbage. Well, my response to that is, tell that to the Philadelphia Eagles and the New York Giants because they were in that game with them the whole time until towards the end of the game. This game just shows how good the defense can be because the first score of the game was a pick six by Kendall Fuller for 37 yards. Joey Sly again had a good kick game of kicking with his total kicks he added 11 points to the game. There was only one touchdown on offense with the Commanders, which was a 10-yard run by Curtis Samuel in the second quarter. And that's it. Honestly, there's nothing to speak on with the Houston Texans. They literally did absolutely nothing on offense. Except at the end of the game when the quarterback, David Mills, ran in for a touchdown. But that's it. They ran the ball 16 times for 21 yards. David Mills threw for 169 yards, okay, but he added two interceptions. Like I said, dominance. The commander's offense ran the ball 40 times for 153 yards and one touchdown. Taylor Heineke threw for 191 yards on 27 passes with no interceptions, no touchdowns, and he didn't get sacked. Now, even though the stats don't tell the whole game, only a part of the game, the offense still needs a little tuning, just a little bit more. Logan Thomas showed up with five catches for 65 yards. Terry McLaurin had four catches for 55 yards. And Antonio Gibson had three catches for 31 yards. Now, look, let's just, let's just, let's just stop the cat. Let's just stop it all right now. We all know a win is a win is a win. And that's all that matters. But this was not hold up against teams that have a good offense and a defense. Washington defense may be improving big time, but they are, they're not the 85 Bears or the 2,000 Ravens or the 2,002 Bucks. They still have holes in that defense that can be exposed at times. But the main thing that needs to happen is everybody needs to be healthy. We just see what happens when a team defensive players are not healthy 
and they run into a good offensive team. I'm talking about the Giants and the Cowboys game, what they's given. Now, since the Cowboys won and the Giants lost, Washington, if they win against the Falcons, are literally one game behind for the third position. Or third place, excuse me. If you look at the standings for the NFC East, for one, it's the best winning division in the NFL. <laughs> Long shot from being called the NFC Least. Now, we're the NFC Beast. <clears throat> excuse me, I had a glow for that one. Washington win streak can land them in the playoffs. And three of the, uh, of the rest of the schedule has three games against NFC East opponents. They got two against the Giants, and they got one more at the end of the year against the Cowboys. As a fan, I would love for that to happen because we all know once you're in the playoffs, I don't care what your record looks like. And it's been proven before. It's any given Sunday, and any team can, be, can luck up and win. You don't believe me? Remember when the Saints went in the playoffs 7-9 and nine that year? And a lot of people was like, oh, my God, why didn't the playoffs? They won their first game against the Saints. So it's any given Sunday. Anything can happen. Now, coming up after the break, we'll speak a little bit more on the commanders. And we're going to dig deep into them towards the next game against the Atlanta Falcons. Stay tuned. You're listening to the So Disrespectful radio show. You know, we often get asked what it costs to hire a firm in an injury case. The answer is simple. Our legal services are free unless we win your case, which means we'll always fight as hard as we can for you. Read and read. It's like having a lawyer in the family. He once ordered a steak in a restaurant. The steak obeyed his every command. Here is Don Suave. Welcome back, everyone, to So Disrespectful Radio Show. This is Don Suave. <sighs> like we said, we stated earlier with the game against the Atlanta Falcons. They have a big game. I mean, well, technically, every game is a big game. Work with me here, y'all. Let's start first this week against the Falcons. Now, Atlanta Falcons is not no slouch. Don't let the record fool you. Yeah, they may be five and six, but that doesn't mean they are bad at all. And if you do the comparisons between the teams, the Falcons are winning on offense except in yards per game, which, okay, that's cool. But when it comes to points points per game, that's a little bit more important because points can lead to victories. The Falcons' points per game is 23.5, while the Commanders are 19.5. And yes, that can also contribute to the defense holding down teams. So the fact that the offense ain't got scored that much because the defense is taking care of business. So yeah, Falcons do score on offense a lot with quarterback Marcus Mariota, the switchblade of an athlete Cordero Patterson. And yeah, now Cal Pitts is out for the game, so that is one less person to worry about. But Mariota can still run with the ball, which could cause problems for a defense trying to contain a mobile quarterback. So usually to win this game is definitely to keep Mariota in the pocket and not let this game get out of hand. Now, speaking of injuries, there are some key players who are not going to be on the field for the commanders. We just got word from J.P. Finley that starting cornerback Benjamin St. Juice, Cole Holcomb, and Dax Miller are out. Now, Dax, you know, he returns kits and all that other stuff. But they heard that Jahan Dotson is going to be returning kids. It is a big blow for Benjamin St. Juice to be out because he has been playing way better this year. If anybody used to look at Benjamin St. Juice from the previous year, he used to get beat a lot. It seemed like every last beat on on a touchdown, something, he seemed to be like right there. But this year, he's become, he has gotten way better. Cole Hogan, I mean, Cole has been proving himself, so there ain't no reason to even talk about him. He is a great linebacker. I mean, he ain't elite and all like that, but for us, we like him as a linebacker. You can call him the, I guess, the little brother to Ryan Kerrigan. Now, here is where things get a little bit shaky. One shaky. 
Chayshon has been activated for the 53-man roster, which is good, right? We can finally get back this dude that, we, that I mean, in his rookie year, shook up offenses. And we just know he's a, a, he could like to be one, a great player. Now, he's still questionable, right? No. We just got worried that he's unlikely to play. <sighs> Look here, y'all. Oh, it gets sometimes aggravating because it's almost like we are waiting. We are waiting. And this is not on Chase Show. Don't get me wrong because let me be real with you. Just listen to this. He has an injury. We're waiting for this man to come back, but I believe that he need to come back when he's fully healthy, y'all. Because we really don't know how, no idea what is what, what, when he's going to be ready. Man had a torn ACL, y'all. Do you know when guys like this is before they were basketball? When people have a torn ACL, you remember what happened? They usually take the whole entire year off. Remember what Clay Thompson happened with him when he busted in that finals that next year? Took the whole year off. Remember uh, Kawhi Leonard? He got an injury. Took the whole year off. ACLs is nothing to play with. So, as much as a fan. I would love for Chase Young to be on that field because Chase Young, Montez Sweat, Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, that is four number one draft picks right there. But we got to look out for his health as too. And it's no telling that he still, if you look on the practice, he still has a whole cast or a whole, and he's, in drills, in drills, but it's still it's still gonna be that fear of weapon of a defensive, uh, no, excuse me, offensive lineman, a running back, a tight end, even maybe a quarterback if they do come certain type of plays. Chip shot Chase Young in that fully repair leg, and that's so you know, not only is he gone for the season, it's potential that his career could be on the line. I want him out there too, y'all. I want Chase Young out there. I want my defense to be healthy. I want the four guys down there. I want the cornerback. But at the end of the day, it's your health. Health is more important. Because if you go down, and that might be your career, while you may stop, the NFL continues. I believe right now that the defense is playing the guy who took his position. Who not when I say take his position, who's working his position, Williams, is doing a pretty good job. The other defense alignment on our team are doing a pretty good job because they're playing with passion, they're playing with togetherness, and those things that you really can't teach. It has to be natural. So we'll get him back this year, hopefully, and if not. At least we know that by next year, he'll be fully healthy because he'll have almost two years to regenerate. Now, my prediction for the game is 24-21 Commanders. I just really truly believe that the way the Commanders are playing, they're playing with so much passion, so much determination, and we haven't seen this in a long time. We the the same characters, the same passion, the same air that was questioned towards them early in the season. Now, I feel like because they have a more of a clear mind, a clear aura, maybe certain somebody might not be there or lingering over, then they don't have to answer certain questions about not just the game but other stuff. The fact that now they ask questions about the game, they relax. And they can go to work. And I feel like that defense goes to work. It seems like as a person who play, who looks at football all the time, plays, plays some f- football, Washington, it seemed like they never blitz. And you be and I'd be screaming the top blitz, blitz. But then when you look at the game, you be like, 
Well, I fought D Lamar. Do be getting putting pressure on the quarterback, so maybe I have to listen. You can send Davis or whoever the linebacker is to coverage or have him spy. Because honestly, I think Jamin Davis, not John Bostick, should be spying on Marcus Mariota. Because once again, Mariota can run. You're going to always need that fast linebacker or somebody to stop him. When the defensive line come, make sure you're forced to stay in the pocket. So if you have to work around, work around, whatever. But when you collapse in the middle, he can run around. And then he's dangerous over fear. But if you have a lineman right there trailing him, and they break out, and he tries to run it, a defensive line, not your linebacker come right at him. And that should be Jeremy Davis because he's he is fast. And he could possibly be the one that spied on. So we'll see exactly what happened. But that's my prediction. The Commanders will beat the Falcons 24 to 21 to go to 75 for this for week 12. Now coming up after the break, we're gonna wrap this thing up. Thank you very much. Stay tuned. You're listening to the So Disrespectful Radio Show. Christmas is right around the corner. Get the tool you need to deal with situations like this, the aqua weed stick. Simply push, hook, pull, or even cut weeds off your boat trailer with ease with the aqua weed stick. Yeah. You have once bitten by a poisonous snake, and after a month of excruciating pain, the snake died. Here is Don Suave. Welcome back. This is Don Suave of the So Disrespectful Radio Show. Well, that's it for the show, everyone. I'd like to thank everybody who listened. I'd like to thank everybody who subscribed. And I'd like to thank everybody for the support. So the other ones who listen to the show, make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel, Broadcast of the Seven Cities. Like, share, subscribe, and comment as well. And also subscribe to the podcast, So Disrespectful Radio Show. So until next time, stay blessed, stay good, stay lifted. Peace. I'm so disrespectful. So, so, so disrespectful. I'm so disrespectful. So, so, so disrespectful.